Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a special episode where uh, Liz Joy, who's running for Congress, as a matter of fact, she's running for the 20th Congressional District uh, against Tonko here in New York. And uh, she was to be on According to John, and she was so gracious, she came in and uh, she was on Pastor Duke, uh, his podcast, and then After that, she was supposed to do According to John, and as I listened to them do Pastor Duke, because we do it here in the same studio, I thought, man, she did a fantastic job, but there's no sense her doing this twice. So I thought what I would do is just take uh, the Pastor Duke podcast and run it on According to John, and so that way you can still hear it. And I hope this is a blessing to you, and I'm sure it will be. So this is Pastor Duke and Liz Joy on the Pastor Duke podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Pastor Duke podcast. Have a blessing for you today. Congressional candidate, Republican, conservative, born-again Christian, loves Jesus, is my guest, Liz Joy. I've had the privilege of hearing her speak um, on the trail a little bit, and I invited her to come on my podcast because the Bible says when the evil rule over you, the people mourn, and I think that's where we're at, and the Bible also says when they're righteous, and Jesus has made Liz Joy righteous. She's on our team. Welcome to my podcast. Our people want to kind of know most of all about uh, your, your, your love for God and his church. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be here, and um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, I've heard your heart, and I'm excited about our people uh, listening. I think maybe five to seven hundred of your constituents here uh, in our on my podcast list that will hear you, and uh, you all pray for her. You all send her some money, and uh, you all uh, <laughs> tell your friends about it because uh, we need some help in America. And I think God's raising up. He raised up Joseph for a political position, uh, kind of like prime minister the last time I checked the scriptures. And I believe God's lifting you up and praying for all across our country for people uh, to be raised up. But uh, let's Thank just you. give us a little background of who you are and faith and your mama and just talk to you a little I bit am. about your life. Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm a daughter of the king. I know who I am. I am a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. And I got saved in 1997. I was raised always, um, you know, I was raised in the Catholic Church, so I was raised going to church, but I never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ until 1997, and um, it was actually our children's pediatrician and his wife that uh, led us, led me to the Lord, Um, you know. God works where you're at. And as it turns out, you know, at the time we have four children, my husband and I, we've been married for 31 years. They're mm. four adult children. Amazing. So you were like five when you yeah, got married, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And we were in the military and you know what, our, our kids, we, you know, we moved around a lot and I was always, it seemed like I was always in the pediatrician's office with one of our children at the time. Yep. We had three at the time and he was wonderful. Long story short, uh, he and his wife invited us over to dinner and um, she began to minister, you know, and it was wonderful and lovely. And she just asked me, it was a very, it was really very simple, Pastor Duke. She just asked me if I had ever asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And I said, my answer to her was, well, certainly I believe in God. And certainly I believe the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I said, but you know, I don't ever actually remember opening my mouth and asking him to be my Lord and Savior. And if that's what God wants me to do, then I want to do it. It was whosoever, that simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be And so saved. she led me in the salvation prayer. Um, and it was wonderful. And then, uh, and so i we have been endeavoring, certainly not perfectly, but endeavoring to serve God ever since. Give us a little of the geographical things you, where you met and where you grew up and how you landed here in the capital. So my husband and I met in Boston and, um, I had just turned 18 years old. I, I went to college there. My husband was also in college and, um, I had just turned 18. It was the summer of 86 and we met there 
a, a great year of great music at the time. I think the 80s always had great music. Well, that's because you missed the 60s and 70s where I came so from. Anybody out there that's, that's thinking First of thing the I've 80s. ever disagreed with you about, the music. <laughs> and uh, it was wonderful. We had, you know, and we met in college. Um, keep in mind, we weren't saved then. So uh, it was, at, you know, a fraternity party that we met. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, we, were, we, we were, have been together ever since. And it's been a great ride. It's um, we've lived all over the United States. My husband is a veteran. He uh, was active duty for 12 years, and then we came back to this area and settled in 2003. Raised our four children here, and they're all you know they're adults now. Two are married, uh, and we have a beautiful granddaughter. And I began to you know get involved with the political arena. Uh, when I be, I really became concerned as a mother. Um, I'm not, I don't have a political background. I didn't study politics in college, but I began to be very concerned about the trajectory that our state and our country was on. And so I began to get involved and then I filed to run for Congress in 2019. What were some of the issues? And of course, I'm raised kids here, raised, have eight grandchildren here, and I share that concern with you. Forced vaccinations recently, and uh, not just the COVID vaccinations, but other vaccinations, what makes us a little nervous. We're selective. We're not anti-vaxxers. We're just selective and a little pressure in New York and then uh, uh, different things of moral issues stuffed down our throats in the public school system, things that really... Uh, uh, concern us about New York State, and I'm sure some of those are what moved you. What just walk us to amplify that a little bit? I remember vividly what caused me to file to run for Congress. It was what I w- and it happened in the state, but it was also being pushed at the federal level, and it was in January of 2019. And at the time, it was when Governor Cuomo pushed through the what was called the Reproductive Health Act, mm-hmm. and it was champion- championing uh, abortion. Uh, full term up until the time of delivery. Now, there may be people out there that say that think that's not what the bill says. I have read that bill. um, And that is what it says. There are many you have to remember that when you're writing a bill, there are many, many loopholes. And uh, there was many loopholes in this bill that allowed for that up until the time of delivery, any time, any reason. And I saw the state government here cheer, light up a building in New York City uh, in pink, and they rejoiced. And it was also happening at the federal level. People may not remember when uh, the Virginia governor, Governor Northam, stated, actually it was on a radio show, uh, and he's a a physician that was stating this at the federal level, that said... um, that they would allow a woman to change her mind and euthanize her baby after, after. delivery. And at that time, he was also, uh, there were also came out, um, Delegate Kathy Tran at that time from there also stated, yes, in fact, that was what the bill was that they were also pushing. And I saw my opponent, who, who I am running against, um, his name is Paul Tonko. He championed that as well. And whether or not... You know, I, the bottom line is this, Pastor, I don't care what people believe. I believe the word of God. And when we see a society taking viable human beings, babies, the most innocent among us, and they are willing to disregard them, deconstruct their lives, dehumanize them, light up buildings, cheer at, at killing these innocent ones, it grieved my heart. And I said, I'm going to stand up because when we have a society that does that, it won't be long before it's happening everywhere. The society grows extremely cold. We get hardened hearts. And I didn't want my children or my grandchildren to grow up in that kind of society. And I didn't want them to inherit a country that disregards human life at this level. I remember seeing that celebration on the local news. We're here in the Capital District. And, uh, you know, I... It seems like the spirit moved your heart. Enough is enough. I can't sit back any longer and take it. I got to be activated. And uh, 
for a, a mom of four and never had any political background, it's got to be the unction of the Holy Spirit to, to launch you into that because being conservative, being a born-again Christian conservative makes you a huge target for the left, and they play hardball. I'm sure you've already uh, experienced some of that on the trail. We've experienced a lot of that. I have. My husband and I both have. They have come after us. They have slandered us. They have lied about us, mm -hmm. um, and they have targeted us. But I will tell you that the Bible says uh, Jesus promised us, right, that we would be reviled. He promised us that. So why are we surprised when it happens when we stand up for him? And he also said, blessed are ye when all men shall revile you. So you step to the front of the reviling uh, <laughs> line and uh, uh, preachers, we're so proud of our our parishioners who rise up. Kathy Marshawn was. I uh, love her. Yeah, she's out of our church. Uh, Kevin Tollison. Yeah, uh, and uh, great Craig, guy. Craig Hayner, all out of our church. I and, know them uh, all. Yeah, they're we're all on we're all teammates, and uh, so if they're listening, I want to say hi to all of them. Yeah, we're we're family, and uh, and we are family. Yeah, and. When you know, when you stand up for the right things, for the right reasons, you can trust God for the results. We don't always know what the answers are going to be, the end results, but we know we're standing up for the right things, for the right reasons. And that's what God wants us to do. What does he say in his word? Stand, stand, therefore. Mm -hmm. And the enemy has always been about to silence the voice of righteousness, uh, they or so persecuted they, the prophets, the Jewish people who said they love God and, and yet they were phonies and uh, they hated the, the prophets. Most of them uh, wound up in jail or dead. But uh, for such a time as this, I... So encouraging. The night I met you and heard you speak the first time, I knew of you and followed you and it was uh, on an email list and I knew where you stood. But hearing you uh, flesh out your passion uh, for to stand up against evil, it was very refreshing. And I, I just pray that uh, the, the Christian community here will pull together and be a great rallying point for you personally. So how long has your, the incumbent uh, Tonko been in office? It's been a long time, as I recall. Long time living off of other people's money and other mm -hmm. people's hard work. Um, he has been in office for over 42 years. He started in the New York State Assembly, and now he has been in Congress since 2010. He is, he has voted for t every single tax increase ever. Since he was in office over the 42 years, he is a huge, like I said, champion of full-term abortion. He um, has defunded and continues to defund our police departments. He um, stands for and has been pushing H.R. 1 and H.R. 4, which uh, allows non-citizens of the United States to vote in all of our elections. He will not respond to what we're seeing with the inflation right now, where people are having a hard time uh, making ends meet because of the gas prices, uh, the grocery prices. He wants everybody to drive electric cars because he is um, uh, one of the heads of the uh, climate change committee, which I do believe we need to be good stewards, Amen. but we, and, and we should, that's, that's our Christian responsibility in all things, every area of our lives. Um, Yet the Green New Deal goes way but past it's, stewardship. It's $93 trillion uh, that it costs us, and it puts an incredible amount of debt, again, as a mom, on our children and our grandchildren. We cannot afford it. And I do not want my children and grandchildren or anybody else's to incur this kind of load of debt that we can't afford. Mm-hmm. I've studied his record and uh, watched him be a local politician uh, for ever, pretty much. I got here 44 years ago, and he rose up, I think, 42 years ago. So it's been a name that I've seen, and uh, he's just a classic liberal. He just everything, uh, all of his votes are non-biblical in their direction. Uh, larger government, uh, tax the people, kill babies, uh, every position. And I'm sure he's sincere in his positions, but they're biblically wrong uh, 100% of the time. Well, and, so uh, was Saul before he, <laughs> he became Paul, right? Yeah. Saul thought he was doing everything great. I mean, Saul was really sincere when he was stoning all those Christians. He sure was. He sure was. 
So God can come down and, and save to the uttermost, even people who are distant. I think of Chuck Colson. He was a mess. He came to faith in Christ back soon after I did, and God turned that all around, and prison fellowship was birthed out of uh, that experience. And I just keep thinking of some of these politicians. I don't hate them. I hate their positions. They're mm-hmm. ungodly. They bring cause the, the, their constituents, the nation, to mourn. I don't hate them as people. I pray for them, but it, it'd be really neat to see Nancy Pelosi and her husband get saved and, and repent of their sin and yeah we should and we should and i do i do pray for paul tonko's salvation i prayed for uh governor cuomo's salvation when he was there i do i do actively pray for kathy hochel's salvation salvation joe biden's salvation kamala harris's uh, salvation and we should do those things because it keeps our hearts right yeah yeah pray for those god in the right place we are commanded to pray for those that are in authority over you and so I am obedient. Sometimes it's a reluctant obedience, but sincerely, I have prayed for them as well. Maybe not as often as I should and not as passionately as I should, but uh, I'm one of the people that is in mourning as these uh, uh, anti-God direction people are, I think, in the rejection of Christ. Ultimately, they're really only fulfilling the ultimate plan that God laid out for the universe. There's a we know the Christ will return and deliver us from this present evil world. We know an Antichrist will arise. I don't think our calling is to stop the Antichrist, but I, I believe that our calling is to be salt, to be light, uh, to share the gospel, and that's what's on your heart to do in the confines of politics. And you got our prayers and our support, and we're excited about it. So uh, what are some of the the issues? I heard you, you speak uh, just a few weeks ago, and I was like, Cha-ching, 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 spot on on every issue. But what are some of the things uh, that uh, are passionately driving you, that are on your heart, that you can't wait to get in and represent us when you are elected into the office? Well, I will tell you that, um, you know, one of the things that I am also very passionate about, and we spoke about this uh, several a few weeks ago, I just want to touch on this because I know there's a lot of people out there um, what I have found with Christians, you know, our, 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 our Christian family, is sometimes they don't know how to respond with everything that's going on um, with the various identities that children are now identifying as. And they think that they're not being loving if they don't accept everything. Right. Christians, because Christians endeavor to be loving, they endeavor to walk in Christ. And so I have seen that in the in in the Christian family, so many people are really struggling with that. We have families that are struggling in churches. We have uh, we have uh, children in schools that are confused. We are in a major identity crisis with the next generation right now. And. People tell me, and I'm not going to not talk about it, but I will tell you there are many in the political arena that say, stay away from that one. Don't talk about that. And don't talk about the abortion issue. My response to them is I'm a Christian first, and I'm absolutely going to talk about those things. And so should every pulpit uh, across America. We have over 300, I think it's 300,000, correct me if I'm wrong, pulpits, 300,000 pulpits in America, roughly. And we have to be talking about these issues. And what I say to people is we should be loving. We should be kind. But God gives us purpose and identity when we are born. As soon as we are born, what does Psalm 139 talk about? We are intricately formed in our mother's wombs. That he knows us. He knows and numbers. He numbers the hairs on our head. That that he has a plan for our lives that we are to walk out before we are born. Our, our sexes are chosen by God. They are only two, male or female. And he gives us a purpose as soon as we are born. And Can you see why I want to get her on my podcast? <laughs> and this, this is refreshing. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt, but I just sometimes I can't keep it in. Um, and these things are not controversial, Pastor. These are not controversial issues. It is not hate speech to look at a little boy or to look at a little girl and say, I think you're a wonderful little girl. I think you're a wonderful little boy, and I know that God has a plan for your life. And those are the things that we have to be able to stand up and say. 
And the other thing I say is, you know, there are only two genders. It's not mean. It's not hate speech. It's the truth. And we have children at three and four years old who are being able to choose what they, quote, feel like that day. Well, I can tell you any mother or father that's ever raised children before, there's one day your child might, you know, act like a little puppy or act like a little kitty or act like, you know, they go around, they play, they play. And children are supposed to play. And when we're putting them in school now and when in New York State and, and at the federal level, when you have birth certificates where you can disregard male or female and click X. This is not okay. And we have got to be courageous enough to stand up and say the truth, that it's male or female. I mean, come on. And I forgive me, I don't mean to reprimand here, but I want to say to the Christians out there, if you can't even open up the first couple of pages of the Bible and agree that God made them male or female, just shut the book. Just shut it and walk away. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because that's the reality of where we are in this country and people who won't get involved because they don't want to be hated. And that is where we are. Yeah. You know, it's astounding to me. If you were running for office 20 years ago, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But we have, as Jesus said, in the time of the end, it will be a Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner. And we are here. I remember thinking, you know, back in when I came to Christ in the early 70s, I thought, oh, Jesus is going to come really soon because the world can't get much worse than this. Boy, was I wrong. And these are things that are just unthinkable. Three and four-year-olds being uh, dealt with all this sexual uh, insanity. It's just literally moral insanity. It, it is. Because when you don't have a moral compass that is anchored in God, you can reason, human reason, anything you want. Mm-hmm. Away from this book, you can humanly reason whatever you want to and convince yourself you're right. And now we have the woke community that has actually done exactly what you said. And so this is not controversial speech. You know, um, I am sure that my opponent will hear this podcast and he will hit me on this and tell me how hateful I am because that's what he loves to do. But I will never back down. I will never back down from saying every human life matters. We have to be able to protect those in the womb all the way through the elderly. And we have to be able to help our children understand they are fearfully wonderfully made and they are made male and female and God has a purpose for them because it's no mistake without that 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 we have a confused generation we have a generation that has committed more suicides than ever before they're on drugs than any other generation the largest death toll in our 18 to 25 year olds is fentanyl they are anxious they are worried they are confused they don't know what their purpose is they don't know where to fit in and we have legislators and um and adults telling them that their lives don't matter because they're expendable anytime on demand and they are neither male nor female. They can be whatever they want. And that is harming our beautiful, beautiful children. It's harming the next generation. And those are the first two issues that we have to get right. And then I, I believe very strongly if we can get those issues right, Everything else is going to be like dominoes. It's just going to fall right into, into order. Why? Because God's a God of order. And we cannot take our own order and put, we can't put immigration above life. We can't put taxes above life. We can't put homelessness above life. We can't put all of the other things that we are seeing in the political arena above life and then expect to reap blessings. You said a, a phrase. Am I yelling in the podcast? Oh, I feel that's, like I'm that's yelling. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. Passion is I have okay. to turn down the volume. <laughs> oh, no, it's, 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 it's awesome. Uh, you made a statement that uh, I love. my mad mom voice. Oh, that's what we need. Hallelujah. Uh, you made a statement. You, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to bring it up. You said, if you don't get life right, you're not going to get anything right. It's the truth. 
and it's from that stems sanity. You know, here we are killing the babies and taking our tax dollars to kill the babies and making heroes out of those who are killing the babies, and yet we save the whales. We save the eagles. Hey, nothing against the whales, nothing against the eagles. I love them all, but we have just got literally it's like our brains are switched. My opponent just got the award for being the horseman humanitarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kill the babies. Horseman and, yeah. humanitarian, but not an actual humanitarian. Isn't that a right? right? How ridiculous is that? I'm all for being kind to animals. That's sure, not what I'm saying. Yeah. But the Horseman Humanitarian Award, but he's not actually a humanitarian. Yeah. The Bible says in the end days before the second advent of Jesus that people will say that evil is good and good is evil. My home pastor put it this way. They got their brains switched. So... I'm sure our listeners are finding it refreshing that uh, someone who believes what we believe on the authority of the Word of God has been moved by the Holy Spirit of God to rise up and represent us in government. And so uh, I just think of the sacrifices that you've been making for some time now. I <laughs> I looked at your schedule when we were trying to book you for this, and it scared me. I remember my uh, 32 years as lead pastor, and I worked 80 hours a week. I think 80 hours a week would be a vacation for you. But uh, we're proud of, of the commitment that you're making, and uh, you are uh, – throwing gasoline on the sparks of, of my listeners. I promise you that. I wanted to say, you know, when we're talking about just to go back because people might want a scripture verse, right, for what we were talking about with the life issue. Um, I just want to tell you this um, because we can back everything up with scripture, right? And uh, I believe it's Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I was just looking. Um, it's Deuteronomy 13 that says, and this is the Lord speaking, I have set before you, Life and death, and death. blessing and, and cursing. cursing, right? Now, as Christians, even if we don't know where we're like, hmm, which one should I choose, <laughs> right? He's so good to us. He's so kind. He says, after he says, you know, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, now choose life. Why? Why should we choose life? Well, he goes on to tell us that you and your descendants may live. And I will tell you something, when you go to vote for a candidate, Christians should never, ever vote for a candidate that is pro-choice. Screaming, amen. Why? Because life comes first. And I can back that up. In Deuteronomy, again, 3019, because when you vote, you're choosing. And when you choose, you're voting. So you can actually take that scripture verse and you can substitute the word vote. I have set before you uh, the vo- to vote life or death, uh, blessing or cursing. Therefore, vote life, life that you and your descendants may live. When, as Christians, we, we put God first. We are Christians. We don't, I will tell you, I'm going to say it. I am not loyal to a political party, and I never will be. I am not loyal to the Republican Party. I'm not loyal to the conservative party. I would never be loyal to a political party. I am loyal to God. The only reason I'm a registered Republican is because for me, that was the closest I could possibly get to what the Bible says because of the Republican platform. I'm not saying, not talking that you agree with all Republican politicians. I'm talking about when you read the platform. The platform says that they would like to give constitutional rights to babies in the womb. And they mention God, I think it's 16 or 17 times. I will tell you that the Democrat platform, when you compare these platforms, the Democrat platform does not mention God one time. As a matter of fact, you may all remember, maybe you don't, I follow it so I know. In 2012, they voted the word, quote, God out of their platform. He's not allowed to even be written about in the platform. I remember. So No surprise. Right. So I just want people to know that out there. I'm not here championing Republican politics. I am here as a Christian declaring and standing for what is right. And it is so important that as Christians, you do not think of yourself. We know Christians say to me all the time, I don't want to get involved. You know, it's too worldly for me. You know, I, you know, 
I think politics is too worldly. It's not of God. Well, my Bible says, take the land wherever you go. Mm-hmm. My Bible, you know, says that we were the ones that are supposed to tend the garden, right? That's us. When we go to, we are supposed to vote, by the way. That's our seed, right? We live by sowing and reaping as Christians. Galatians 6, right? We, we live by sowing the seed, right? And whatever seed we sow, it is the spiritual law. That's the harvest we are going to reap. If you are a Christian out there and you are not voting, what do you expect to reap? Nothing. And you're going to reap, you're going to reap something not of God. And that is part of the reason we as, as a nation are where we are today. And I will also say as a Christian out there, if you are voting what's best for your wallet, what your union says, how you're going to get the most money. If you're voting out there, and this is going to be really controversial, because you don't like the fact that Donald Trump was president, and you didn't like the way that he spoke, and you didn't like the fact that he was married three times, and you don't like the things that he said, and so that's why you couldn't vote for a Republican, I want to tell you that what you did actually wasn't of God. I'm going to tell you that flat out. Because, because, I'm not saying you, because your vote is, is not the seed that you're sowing to the person. It's kind of like the tithe. Mm -hmm. It's to God. You're sowing, you're sowing a seed because you want to reap a harvest in this nation. So when you go to that voting booth, a Christian's responsibility, which candidates here, first and foremost, above everything else, are pro-life, 100% pro-life candidates. I'm telling you nowadays, because basically that's one of the first things you find out about a candidate, you know in five minutes. You do not have to be a political scholar to vote. You don't have to be up on every single issue, but you should know your Bible, right? That's, <laughs> so when you walk in and you see, for example, that this is the truth, Paul Tonko or Liz Joy, take out the names or take out the political parties. This- Look at the positions. I'm 100% pro-life. He is 100% abortion, period. I'm going to, as a Christian, I'm going to vote for the pro-life candidate. Do I like everything she does or everything she says? No, but my vote isn't for her. It's her, for life. Her vote, your vote is for God. That is who you are sowing that seed into. And we have got to have Christians that are willing to be involved in taking out all of the personalities mm-hmm. and putting in what's the platform. What do they stand for? Is that what God says I'm supposed to do? Yes. Our Bible says in Hosea 4, 7, right? My people perish for lack of knowledge. <clears throat> Excuse me. My people perish for lack of knowledge. When you go in and vote for a candidate, that is willing to snuff out someone else's life, how can you possibly expect to reap life and blessing in your life? Yeah. You can't do it. You know, Liz, every time I make contact with you, ask questions, I'm thinking politically, and every time you open your mouth, the Bible study breaks out. (laughs) Because that's who we are. I love it. I love it. I was a a founding uh, board member of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms in uh, you knew, uh, you knew uh, Pastor Motley, Dwayne Motley, and um, now um, his successor. I'm just. I know Jason McGuire. Jason. I didn't. I didn't Sorry, know Pastor Jason. Motley. You didn't know Motley. I oh, did my. not. Yeah, he's, but I love these Jason are great McGuire. Friends. And I was on the board there for 25 years, and we had meet the candidates night in our church, uh, Temple Baptist, in those days. And uh, we can't, we don't, don't do tell people anymore. how to. We don't tell people who to vote for, but we tell them from the scriptures, just like you do what to vote for, and a candidate that lines up with what the Bible says, we should be on it. Can we do that in your church again? Uh, I'm not a pastor any longer. I'm a podcaster, so I got you on here immediately, but I'll recommend it. Uh, I'll recommend it so I'm not on staff any longer. So Okay, well, we're asking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we want to, believe me, our congregation already knows about you, and uh, we're going to uh, throw gasoline on all of your sparks. You told a little story about kind of right when you were just just kind of having it up to here with uh, seeing what's going on and and spirits moving you. And then you mentioned a little bit about your pastor and how that kind of connected with Pastor Paul. He's a friend of mine and a great guy in our capital region for almost as long as I've been here. We're kind of the old guys now. You're uh, the pillars. We uh, need our pillars because we need the wise pillars 
leading the next generation and so on and so on. Yeah, I got started. So I got started in '78. I think you got started in 1980. Was it? It was just about just soon after me. And uh, we've our kids were at Friendly's Restaurant one night. Uh, about 15, 16 of our Temple Baptist kids on a Wednesday night or Sunday night after church. And uh, Pastor Paul walked in and he saw them and saw them pray and they were behaving themselves. They were silly, crazy teenage kids, but they were respectful. And uh, he found out who they were and he paid for all of the, the whole bill. It was like. 16 kids must have cost him a hundred bucks. And that was like 20 years ago, but that's the kind of guy is, but just share a little bit about uh, kind of how he jumped on. And I, I love this little part of your story. Past, so my, my pastors, my husband and I, we go to Harvest Church. Um, our pastors are Pastor Paul and Pastor Carol and Tabano. They are spiritual moms and um, spiritual mom and dad to us. I love them. And, um, they truly are pillars. That's what I call them in our community. They just are everything that you would want in a pastor and they don't back down from the truth. And I love that. So, you know, like I said, there's always order right in the Bible. Our God is a God of order. So before I jumped into, uh, running for office. It was my husband who was in complete agreement. He's the one actually that said to me, you need to run and you need to run now. Keep in mind, I never had any political background. So I thought about it. I kind of chewed on it a little bit for a couple of few days. And I thought, you know, my husband never says things like that to me. Um, and so when we went to church on that Sunday, I said to my pastor, you know, pastor, could we make an appointment with you and come in and, and sit down? And he, he's just, you see, so you know him. He just pointed his finger at me lovingly, not in a condescending way. He said, I know what you're going to say to me. And the answer is yes. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't know what you're going to say. No, 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 no. I just want to say. Yes, 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 yes. And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> the answers. Yes. Now, I had not spoken to him about any of this uh, or Pastor Carolyn. And I said, no, Pastor. And he said, no, I know what you're going to say. The answer is yes. What does your husband say? And I said, oh, my husband. Yes, he's the one that, you know, is encouraging me to do this. He said, the answer is yes. And I, I, I sort of said, no, Pastor, I want to know if you think I should run for office. And he said, yes. And then he said, the answer is yes. And I knew that's what you were going to say. I was a little dumbfounded because I thought, does that mean we're not going to get our appointment? But, uh, you know, <laughs> so we we left. My husband and I left. We actually stopped at the Half Moon Diner uh, right there. Um, Three minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah, we, we had lunch. And I said, I actually said in my heart, I did not say this out loud. I said, well, I'm going to need a little more confirmation than that. You know, and your husband says, your pastor says, yeah, but you just, and I thought I, you just, I am not just jumping in filing and running for Congress. My gosh. I mean, talk where do about, you start, you know, where do you talk even about start? Yeah. stepping out and just going up against a machine? And so I said in my heart, I'm going to need a lot more confirmation than that. So I, I, um, my husband and I stopped at the diner to eat. Well, sure enough, Pastor Paul and Pastor Carolyn walked by our table. Pastor Paul walked by the table and he pointed his loving finger again at me and he said, you want confirmation? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, most people, when they run for office, run on a, um, uh, on a platform. You're not doing that. You're running on a foundation. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and I will tell you that I still went home and said to the Lord in my prayer time, well, I need to know, is this a now word? So the first time I filed, you know, it was for run the race of 2020. I said, is this a now word? Is this 2020, Lord? Is this 2022? Is this 2024? I'll do it, but I just need to know, is it now? And I was praying, and uh, the Lord brought up, I'll, I'll have to look it up, um, but it, it, it was, uh, I heard in my spirit, this might sound to people, but it's what happened. I heard in my spirit, look up the Hebrew word, the Hebrew definition of 2020. I, I will tell you that I don't regularly just look up those kinds of things. It's not something I do. It's not something I thought of. I've studied the Strong's Concordance in some areas before and, and things, but I just it's not something I do. And I thought, I heard it again, look up the Hebrew definition of 2020. 
I thought, what? I opened up my computer and I just typed in what's the Hebrew definition of 2020. And the first thing that came up was the Strong's Concordance. Mm-hmm. In the Hebrew, the correlation to 2020 was Esther 414. Do not be silent at this time. Remember, this was about the babies, right? Yep. I'll summarize it. It was like, don't be silent at this time. And don't think that you and your household are going to be just fine if you do nothing because you're not. Mm-hmm. So get, you know, open up your mouth. Get involved, and um, and I want to look it up. I just I just want to look it up. I'll let you fill in for a second. I want well, the Bible I really says, want to read it. The Bible oh, says so now is the time. God said, "I am the great I am, not the the great I'll be or I was." When God moves people, He doesn't say, uh, "Oh Abraham, stay here and earn the qualities for about another five years, then watch for open doors." And then no, He said, "Leave now." And all this was by faith. It's uh, you don't know. Faith is saying it's so when it ain't so in order to make it so. And so you uh, you have that unction of the spirit. You're we're so offended uh, by what we're watching happen. I, I remember seeing them cheering the death of babies right up to uh, up to birth and lighting up the Capitol with the rainbow thing. And it just it just made me sick. And then I found out later I wasn't the only one. And uh, here you are, a, a mom of four, just uh, just a half a town over, and God spoke to your heart. Did you find it? I found it. So this is what the Hebrew uh, 2020 correlation is in the Strong's Concordance. It's Esther 4.14. And this is what the Lord was saying to me. If you keep silent at this time, relief, right? relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time time as as this this. and for this very occasion. Now, remember, this was right when, to your point, this had just passed passed at the the, uh, state State level, level, the Reproductive Health Act, right? This is about the babies. If you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for these babies Mm -hmm. from elsewhere. But you, if you think that you and your family and your house and all your comforts are going to be fine, and everybody out there, no, you're not, if you don't open up your mouths. And who knows to all of you Christians, to all of us children of God, if we weren't brought to the kingdom for such a time as this, for this very, very occasion. Well, I will tell you that when that happened, I immediately shut my computer and I thought, oh my gosh, it's a now word. It's, it's a now word. So I said, yes, I was terrified, but I said, yes. And I will tell you, very interesting. Um, if you read all of Esther, which I have many times, in chapter eight, what happens? So Esther, you know, this is also government. This is legislative stuff right here, right? There was legislation yeah. that was passed. Yeah, this we're is gonna, politics. Yeah. It's an evil bill. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna kill all, all these the babies, right? The Jews, and then all the babies, sure. right? They're that's it. Anytime on demand. What's God saying? Don't keep your mouth shut. Don't think that you're gonna be fine. Don't think if you don't say anything and you don't want to get involved because you're afraid of not being liked. So you're applying the Bible to your life? I, <laughs> so I just thought, okay, well, here's the thing. This is all about government here, not being silent. So I did file. I did stand up. Guess what happens to Esther in chapter 8 after she gets to rewrite all the laws? Mm-hmm. Sure did. That's what Christians, right? This is speaking to us. The things that are happening in our world today to everybody out there, step up, step out, say something, push back. You can be loving. The word of God is loving. There's no greater love than this living word. What the world says to you is not loving. That's a lie. To tell a child that's a girl, they could be anything they want. That's a lie. That is not love. Mm-hmm. to allow our children at age eight to take puberty blockers, that's child abuse. To allow Amen. people to cut off their body parts, that is desecration and that is disgusting and that is cutting off who God made them to be. And that is where we are after passing that bill. We are now Amen. cutting off children's body parts. We are now allowing elderly people at 15000 a pop to die in nursing homes. We are 
full-term abortion, giving, you know, castrating children. That is where we are after this past in January of 2019. We now have drag queens in schools that are going after our children. This is disgusting. It's evil. And we better say something. And if you're out there thinking you just don't have the courage to do it, go and read Hebrews 6, where it says you get up and you stand and you put on the armor of God and you stand there for and I'm and yelling in my mom voice. Oh, I love that mom voice. You should see this Bible she's got here. It's all wore out. The cover's gone. It's just she just stuttered away right at night. A cover on it's all underlined, marked up, falling apart. 700 markers in there. That's uh, and the other thing I want to tell I you is um, you're going to lose friends. Yeah. But were they really your friends? But you're going to make some friends too. Um, you know, you're going to lose people. People are going to hate you. That's the truth. But I am telling you, there's you are just going to hear from God. There's going to be a filling. You are going to be stepping into an arena that God wants us to be in. Every person out there right now that's afraid for the future, every person that's afraid for what they think is coming, Proverbs 31 speaks to the bride of Christ, right? It speaks to the Proverbs 31 woman, but it speaks overall, right? We can apply that as Christians and it's speaking to the bride of Christ and everybody is a bride of Christ here that, you know, and if you know Jesus, you're part of the team, you're the bride. Right. And it says she laughs at the future. She laughs. So we might feel afraid. We might feel uncomfortable. We might feel worried. But by faith, we laugh at that future and we stand up for the truth and recognize the fact that you will do, you will go to bed with peace at night. God will protect you. He will. And you just do what God has called you to do. You know what I'm getting from this conversation, speaking to my my audience, you have politicians uh, along the way that kind of drag God into their thing. God bless you. And they go 100% against God and everything, but they want God to bless. And now we here have a candidate that's just, uh, I think she knows Jesus, amen, and has a fire burning in her heart. And I know that same fire that God put in Jeremiah, he was weary with well-doing. He wanted to give up, but he said, there's a fire burning in my heart and I can't. We're down to the last segment of our thing. Now tell the congregation, uh, my, uh, your constituents here, what they can do to help and all around the country, pray for New York, uh, pray for, for Liz Joy for Congress, because uh, uh, she's going to affect you in Congress. She's going to affect God's people all around the country. So tell us how they can help get involved, stay in touch with you and send you money and, uh, Get out the vote and all that. Well, that's the truth. I want to say to people out there, you know, there are 435 representatives in Congress. 435 people are making all of the decisions over the millions and millions and millions of people in this country. If people out there think, for example, that AOC is not affecting your life, yes, she is. Yes, she is. If you think that all these other people that are standing up and, and doing evil things aren't affecting your life, oh, they sure are. As Pastor, uh, you said earlier, you know, when when uh, evil rules, you know, there's a whole lot of, I think, it, my, my, you know, the verse I go by is that there's a whole lot of groaning yeah. going on. Moaning, groaning. Moaning, groaning. Yeah. groaning. So, being elected to office in the 20th district, by the way, if you're wondering what that district is, it's all of Schenectady County. It's all of Albany County. It's all of Saratoga County. And it's parts of Rensselaer County, which include all of Troy, Rensselaer area, 772,000 people. And I will tell you that we need somebody uh, in Congress. I'm asking you to out there to vote for me. There's things you can do. If you, and our, our elections are November 8th. I'm asking you to vote in person. If you are not registered to vote as a Christian, it's easy to do. You can change the trajectory of our state and our nation, and you can start sowing seed uh, and reap a good harvest right now. You can go on to registertovote.org. I would encourage you to register to something that is closest to the Bible, um, not because I'm, uh, you know, loyal again to the Republican Party, but if you are a Christian and you want to line up with what is as close closest. as you can get, that would be the Republican Party. Sign up as a Republican um, and v- be able to vote November 8th. I would ask that you vote in person. I would ask that you share with people that, 
I am running for office. We can come back. I will tell you that while we spoke about the word of God here today, I am also proficient and can speak on anything else that's going on in this country. I can talk about taxes. I can talk about immigration. I can talk about Ukraine. I can talk about the debt. I can talk about, you know, uh, the firearm legislation. I can talk about all of those other things. Those things are easy for me to speak about. I know I know all those uh, things, and I, I am proficient at speaking about all of those issues. I've heard her. Amen. Um, so I want you to know that I'm also very, you know, I'm very well informed about those things. Um, all of the decisions I make, though, are based on godly principles, and I will not to the best of my ability. I will not compromise those. I would ask people to go to joyfornewyork.com. It's joyfornewyork spelled out dot com. You could also just Google Liz Joy for Congress. I would ask you to volunteer for the campaign. I'm asking you to support with whatever you can. Look, I know, you know, look, first and foremost, our tithes go to the church, period. After that, if there's anything that you can give, whether it's a dollar, whether it's 25, 250, whether it's you know, 2,500, I'm asking you to give to my campaign. You are sowing into good seed and we have to be able to take on this uh, machine that is pushing and fighting for ungodly values, trying to steal our children's identities and purposes, our businesses, um, ruining people's lives and moving us in a very clear cut way into, um, into socialism, socialism, that's the reality. And we are going to see things that we don't want to see. But for God's people, I believe there would be sunshine in Goshen for those that are those that are obedient. Well, we are on the winning team. Yeah. And uh, it's so uh, refreshing for me to have a, a teammate stepping it up uh, in, in the most evil. Uh, I mean, New York is one of the darkest states in America. Uh, it's the most blue state. And... Uh, don't tell anybody, but I'm leaving to, uh, New York in December. I'm moving no. going to be leaving. Uh, I'll be here to vote, and I'll be praying for you always. But we're moving to South Carolina uh, right after Christmas. And so uh, I'll be praying for everything back here. Okay, but, well, uh, now we all have a place to go and visit. You, you do. We're going to stay and fight here, and, and you send money back to us, okay? Uh, okay, that sounds good. Hey, I told you it'd be a blessing, and I, I kept my word. Thanks, Liz. You, God bless you. Lord, put your hand on this lady in a powerful way. Put her into a position of high high office and represent us with the word of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless. Thanks, and uh, see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Jesus loves you. So do I. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, i tell you, she is on fire. She loves the Lord. She loves New York. And she is not your typical politician. So if you are looking for someone to vote for and you are in New York in that district, man, Liz Joy is the one to vote for. She is all about uh, what Americans, true Americans are about. And she's all about what upstate New Yorkers are about. So I hope that was a blessing. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>